Yo, 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 what up, Dozy? What up, Mike? Yeah, how you been living? Alright, pretty good. Not too bad, how about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, starting to go back to work. Um, yeah. Starting next week, gonna kind of shift the days, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not very looking forward to it. It's been hard to adjust, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Got to get back to everything. I mean, the, uh, a lot of the traffic, too, in the Bay Area has been picking up, so I feel like a lot of people are either going to work or either just driving around. But, like, I used to I enjoy the fact there wasn't much traffic going back and forth, but now during rush hour, there's a lot more cars on the road. Yeah, same here. I've been driving instead of taking the train, and it's it's starting to suck. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome listeners to the third episode of season two of uh, Dozing in the Morning. We got a real special episode ahead of you guys today. We have a very special guest, my close friend and old college roommate, Brandon Deadweiler, is in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Since we yeah, can't be in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a man on the podcast, I remember when y'all first started college. I was really dope. I'm glad that I got young black men out here trying to talk about important uh, get a platform for themselves. Uh, proud of what y'all do. Thank you. Pre- appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been good. We decided to get you on here because I know, like, even in college, you're very, you had a lot of strong ideas and you're very, uh, you had a lot of great opinions to add. And you also had, like, a lot of, uh, like, just knowledge of what things going on politically so we thought you'd get on here and have you you know bless us with your knowledge and like tell us what you think about certain events going on oh yeah man i appreciate uh you know you guys thinking so highly of you know how how i feel and how i think uh yeah man i'm always happy to share my my thoughts understand what y'all are thinking too man that's you you right so i i just thought i just thought we start off with uh talking about I don't know if you've seen the news, but Trump was uh, claiming that he takes the drug, the anti-malarial drug, hydrochloroquine. As a matter of fact, to everybody, which shocked a lot of reporters and everyone across the nation, he's taking a drug and his doctor, his own doctor, approved of it. I just want to talk about maybe like like a minute or two. Like, what do you guys think about that? Like, what do you guys think about him saying that he's taking this drug or whatever? just to try to convince people it's not that bad, even though it's reported to be pretty bad. I don't think he's actually taking it. Yeah, so I said, we, I talked to him, we all said that he's lying. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I don't understand why, like, he would want people to be taking this drug if it hasn't been proven to, like, help with the virus at all, like, and if it ends up making things worse, like, it just looks even worse on him. So I don't understand the move politically either. Like, even if he was just trying to, like, calm the public, because right. if this shit backfires heavily, then, you know, <laughs> I think that really tanks his, well, we've, well, we've seen it happen before, but I feel like that would take a shot at his chances. Right. Yeah, man, I, I'm really, like, cautious when it comes to this, like, COVID stuff, because I don't really know what's going on keeps changing, you know. I understand that people are out here getting sick for real, cautious about what they're doing with themselves. You know, it's obvious that, you know, this the president is just not competent for you know, a situation <laughs> like this. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, 
there's not really much else to expect from this dude. Like, he says some crazy, crazier things. Take this drug. Like, I don't, I don't really, like... It's hard for me to have an opinion on it because, like, you know, you, you, you see this guy making the same mistakes over and over again. So it's like, you can't expect anything better from him at this point. Especially when he's about to... You know, his term is about to be up. So it is what it is at this point. So I, don't, I don't know about Joe Biden either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. If it, was, if it was anybody else except them two, I, I feel like I'd I'd be I feel a little at well, ease. Well, hey man, we 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 have two choices here. We can not be black, or we can vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two choices. Me. <laughs> oh no, man. He's a, he's an old guy. He's a really old guy. He says a lot of wild stuff. You know, it's just part of like he's just part of this uh, this system. You know, this political system. He's just a product of that. Everything he does, everything he says, is just sort of he's just regurgitating things that he's been a part of his whole entire life. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's you, like that's the thing with that's what, like why Trump won, man. Like he was not he was against you know sort of the whole political structure. So that's really what the decision people got to make is like, do you wanna do you wanna go with structure or do you wanna go with Trump? Trump is sort of like whatever works at the time. Yeah, I just I just feel like people. It's not even on the West Coast, but even like in Middle America and stuff, South, South like in the southern parts of America, people are not living too like people are living so harshly, and their economy like the, we experience here is way different from over there. So it's like whenever they hear politicians, like they feel like the other politicians failed them, so they want to go with something that's never been done, like new things, and so like. I think they're just kind of tired of regular politicians, and they want someone like Trump to, like, kind of their voices heard. Because a lot of the United States has like no infrastructure. A lot of it's like really is. If you go to the, I heard if you go to the Midwest and South, people have told me like it's really not as built up. You know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen it firsthand, man. Like, <laughs> there definitely are places in this country that you know they don't. Uh, have the luxuries that we do, like yeah. with, you know, just as easy access yeah. to electricity and even water, like. Yeah, Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. Yeah. Like Flint, Michigan still has lead water after like forty-five years or something like that. Uh, then you got you know the reservations and stuff like that. They're underfunded. Uh, even in the South, you know, like what's the big industry in the South except for agriculture? Or the Midwest as well. Like, there's no oil. tech industry that's booming it. There's oil Texas, as well. Texas has oil, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, but... Like, like, we got, like, coal mines out there, you know? Yeah, oh, uh, man. Trump is really big on trying to revitalize that industry. Because, I mean, that's his constituent base. But you Exactly, but as you've seen, like, how many Americans are on unemployment? It's going to be, like, a third of Americans that are not working in a span of two months. So you got to really look... Like, we got to look like maybe... He's, it's like a, such an imbalance in the economy and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of people that are not really enjoying what America has to offer, even though. So there's a lot of resentment, I feel like, that's been built up over time in terms of job quality and wages and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be reflected politically. Do you guys. I mean, all, all, all this stuff happened like all of a sudden. Yeah. We weren't really having that issue. Exactly. So I, I don't know. It's just like all this stuff been. Ever since 2016, like all this stuff just came up to the forefront. Like I wasn't really paying attention to any of this until you know you start seeing crazy right-wing shit just being spewed out um but i think it's been brewing for a while like people have been festering anger for a while and now they're like over the top 
with it. Yeah, but do, yeah, yeah. Do you guys feel people are using? I, I feel like politicians are using the virus to like divide. I help divide the country. I feel like they're not using the virus to come together and work together. I feel like they're still attacking each other for no reason. Like I feel like at this time, I don't really care about Democrat Republican. I just want like, like here are people working together. To but that's that's the problem, though, Dozy man. Every single <laughs> issue in this country is always going to be divided politically. There's just there's never anything like Americans have ever just agreed on that this was the way to go. Yeah, maybe in it's, times of war, maybe like during like war, World I War II. Yeah, yeah but like, everyone has a chance of. Uh, I mean, this is the like same even then, like me. even then, you have like the hippies that like you have like the people that are anti-war, like that are like you may it might be the majority of people that support the war, but you still have groups that are definitely against war, you know, right. in certain situations. So it's right. well, yeah, no, I think World War Two is different because you know you have like a situation like Pearl Harbor. And then, yeah, uh, and then yeah. like even even going into Iraq was probably different because nine eleven, like, people weren't really against. At the time, because we were still reeling off of, you know, the effects of 9/11. Right. It wasn't until, it wasn't until later that people were like, "Oh, this is not." True. I mean, this is a virus that's affecting everybody. I feel like, or I mean, it's affecting like it has a chance to affect everybody in the worst way. So I mean, but there there are like some areas that aren't as affected by the virus like obviously big cities like san francisco new york and la are going to be hit the hardest because literally we're everything is close knit we're all like you know we take public transportation we're you know in a clustered um dense area so it's very easy for the virus to spread in places like this but i mean if you're in fucking Carabelle, Georgia. I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> some place with like a wide open space, like you know that you know people aren't as likely to be as close as we are. Yeah. Like the virus really hasn't affected those areas too much. Right. So it's just it's just all about like the population density with this. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just common sense, but you know the, the 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 news that we're getting is like anti common sense. Like we're we saw that, like, recently the CDC said that it's not transferred via surfaces, but initially yeah. they had said it was. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that, that was just, like, I guess they didn't really know. Like, it was just something new. Like, they had to study it. Like, there was yeah. no way they could just know right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but it, it is still, like, I, I, don't, I don't think that makes it any less contagious, I would say, rather than, like, um standing next to somebody and, you know, talking to them and them transferring the virus. If they're saying it's still, like, transferred via, you know, air particles or particles. Yeah. You're sick, like, you should, like, you should wear a mask and stay home. Like, a lot of this stuff just seems like a lot of common sense stuff, like, it shouldn't, <laughs> affect, it shouldn't affect everyone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, me and my, me and my sister were talking about, um, open up the country again, I was like, I feel like we should just open up, like, all the stay at home, but, like, the people who are sick, you feel like they're at risk to stay at home, and they, they should have the option to work from home, like, if yeah. you're going to go to school, you have to go to school, everyone should get tested, and if you feel like if you test negative, or if you feel like you should just stay at home, let everyone go back to their normal way of doing things, because, like, at the end of the day, yes, it's great, it's great to protect yourself at home, but staying unemployed or, or really not having uh, an like, I feel like when I'm at home, I really have an agenda to my day, even though I can schedule it, but I like having the structure having to go outside and do things, like go to the gym, work out, come out, go to the park, do stuff like that. But, right. like, if things are closed down, like, 
there's no really it's not a lot of structure or agenda to your day so it kind of it kind of feels depressing or it feels like kind of constraining so let, let people go out live their life at this point there's no cure and no vaccine coming for like eight months so i'm not gonna stay in the house for another eight months especially when it's gonna be california summer rolling around it's july fourth of july you know memorial day weekends around the corner so like why should i why should Tomorrow, I stay? Man. <laughs> yeah, my, my neighbors are having block parties like they had a block party like last like yesterday like people are not gonna and like, the roads are filling up again so people are not gonna stay at home so just open up the yeah. country those who are sick get them tested real quickly they stay home and that's that what, what do you think about you know these you know like for schools like people should get tested before they go back to school what do you think I mean, about like these reports of like contaminated tests and like i don't know like there's no there's because we have trump as our, our you know administrator he's not there's no like one test that everyone could take that everyone knows works like everyone's yeah. getting their own test like based on what they know so you know you, you'll have like different situations where you have like this you, you, you hear about the tanzanian president no he like got he, he got some tests from like he said undisclosed uh providers and he tested <laughs> them on like a monkey and uh, a fruit and they both tested positive coronavirus. Okay. So it's just like I, I don't know if what if what he, I mean, he's the president saying that. Like I don't like you know people put out fake news all the time, especially like government. I don't know I don't know like what to think. You know if if you have if there's no like one test that everyone takes. You know some some of these tests could be faulty. That's true. That's true. I feel like everyone, everyone just try to figure it out as as they go along. Yeah, I mean, the whole world's confused. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there definitely are, like, faulty tests. There are people that were, that did have the virus that were testing negative and people that didn't have the virus that were testing positive. So, like, they haven't really locked in, as you were saying, they haven't really locked in the test that everybody, like, the standardized test that everybody should be taking, you know. Right, and then, I mean, it's, it's, it sucks, too, because, you know, like, you have Trump in contention with, World Health Organization and the CDC, and these are supposed to be the, you know, the leaders on on this 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 yeah. subject. But yeah. they don't, they can't even come up with, you know, a singular test or yeah. or you know, or consistent information on this. And it's it's just really confusing from both yeah. sides. It's like yeah, Trump's not like doing what he needs to do, but then at the same time, like the World Health Organization and the CDC are failing at, at their job as well. Yeah, I mean that's like me. As a teacher, be like, you know what? I don't want you turning the homework for the rest of the year. It's not the homework doesn't matter. And then I come in the next day, say, you know what? I forgot. Homework doesn't matter. We got to test on Tuesday. That's what the, that's what basically what they're doing because before it was like you, you shouldn't wear masks. I'm like, if this is a disease and people are coughing and sneezing, we should wear masks. And then later on, they say, okay, you can wear masks now to prevent right. the spread of disease. I'm like, what the hell? So before weeks, I've been going into Safeway not wearing a mask. And then now you're telling me to wear a mask, and then now this like, okay, you should create your own mask. And then they said, oh, N95 masks are very good at preventing, like, 95% of particular matter. But we got to save it for the healthcare workers because they're essential. And I'm like, what about me? I know I'm not a healthcare worker, but I don't want to be protected, too. Like, does that mean I'm not essential? Like, my shit doesn't matter? So I was just like, you know, what, what are they trying to say about us? Yeah, that actually is a... That's a, that's an interesting perspective that like how you know they went back and forth with the mask thing, because um, yeah at first they kind of made it seem like masks weren't gonna help. Yeah. Like they all of a sudden it was like okay now everyone's required to wear a mask. So yeah, it's, it's almost a lot like, now. <laughs> like the mask is supposed to perceive public safety. It's supposed yeah. to like create 
like the illusion that you're safe, I guess, but yeah. it might really not be. In China, of them like spraying bleach into the air, people walking around in hazmat suits. I'm like, damn, this is more serious than I thought. People being shoved into vans, sick people being shoved into like vans sent somewhere else. Like they shut that shit down really, like, really quickly. And I see on the video, it made it like everyone freak out. So, and then at the same time, like they're telling, oh, we don't need to wear masks. I'm like, what? Did you see the videos coming out of China? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I think it just all alludes to just not understanding the virus like it just something that kind of outbroke all at once so i understand it taking some time to like figure things out but um you know maybe like waiting a bit more to release certain information would have been better yeah which is it's annoying i hear like conflicting information from cdc before they said six feet and then there was somebody that came out and said oh the virus can spread up to 13 feet i mean how the hell am i supposed to separate 13 feet in public walking around or taking a jog like it's not possible <laughs> like sometimes it's not <laughs> So, like, what the fuck? In a uh, store, <laughs> you need to get your food? How are you going to separate 13 feet? I'm going to be looking at the person getting their food, taking their time, and I'll be like, oh, wait for them to, like, pass out, like, to move out the way? doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. then they just, they just recently talked about, uh, like, surfaces. Yeah, I've been cleaning my phone every day. Like, I put alcohol on my phone. I fucking clean my laptop. I don't really clean everything, but, like, I know I touch my phone, like, a million times a day, so I've been, like, wiping with alcohol, do what I can, but... <laughs> Time. But uh, oh, before I move on, I want to ask you guys a question. If the vaccine does come out in record speed by the end of the year, maybe November, December, would you take the vaccine? Uh, let <laughs> you others take it first. <laughs> <laughs> see, see what, uh, you know, see, see how it goes with them before I would take a vaccine. But honestly, I think I already have the antibodies for this thing. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I already do, too, but. Yeah. What about you, Brendan? I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I would probably wait until you know, someone else takes it. Yeah. First before I, I, you know, expose myself to something like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll see if I have antibodies as well. I mean, I've, I've gotten sick before, you know, like January. But I don't know. I mean, you don't know what that is. You know, you don't know. Some people are asymptomatic. You're talking about like there's like a warehouse where like 300 workers were all asymptomatic or something. Oh, had it. Yeah, and the thing is that all these famous people have been getting it, right? Like, even like actors, ball, uh, ball players, politicians have been getting it. So I'm like, what makes me exempt from already having already gotten the disease? Because I'm I'm out there shopping with people. I'm out there, you know, outside jogging. Like it's, sometimes it's unavoidable if you go to a grocery store. That's a vector for all types of. I remember having a virology professor, uh, like five years ago or even six, right? Uh, in college, and he was kept talking about how terrible supermarkets and grocery stores were and i was like dude this guy's bugging out but like he kept talking about how they're vectors for disease he absolutely hates going to target he gives an anxiety attack like i hate going there there's so much disease there there's so much ways to catch a disease in too many ways it's like it's unavoidable and he kept going on about it i thought he was just being paranoid and then when this shit came, when this stuff came out i remember thinking about what he said the whole time and I, and I was going to target and i remember thinking like this reminds me of what my virology professor said like how uh, scary could be going to a store and catching catching an infectious disease. Like he kept it. I thought he was just bugging out. Like you know, some old people that just like, like act crazy or something. I was just like, he's just being paranoid. But I mean, he does have a absolutely great point about how easily this thing can spread by just literally going to the supermarket. Yeah, no, that's real. That's true, bro. So what do you what do you guys think about this uh, Joe Biden character? I know we talked about the black vote before, but I, I remember Mike 
me, me and Mike earlier before were talking about how some Democrats just literally expect you to vote black. Like Brandon, what do you what do you think about that situation? Yeah, they just they just expect black people to vote for them, um, and it's sort of like I mean, he's really just like showed his ass, like showed his ass <laughs> like what the Democratic Party is about, like they like who their constituent base are, who they who they try to appeal to um, is uh, people who are you know like minorities, people who aren't, you know, quote-unquote, good old boys, grand old party, sort of, you know, that archetype. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand, like, what he, like, where he's coming from, because that's that's literally what they've always been about. Right. It just slipped out, like, no one, like, it slipped out because he's old, because he's old as fuck, and yeah. he's just going to say what he means. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's what people fear about him, because he's so old, he just lets everything go. Like, that's why people don't really trust his best judgment. Like, if, if Trump has no filter and Joe Biden has no filter, then why 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 does it matter who I pick? Because anything can slip out of their mouth at any time. Yeah, very true. I would, I would say that, uh, you know, like, as it is, you know, we under, like we understand as, as it is, that we understand that the decision we're making is a lesser of two evils. <laughs> that, like, I will... <laughs> I would prefer, like, I mean, I guess I would prefer democratic policy just because, like, I want to move towards something where we have free education because I'm looking, I'm looking towards like making sure my kids are good and my kids' kids are good. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, if like, if that, if the Democratic Party is more towards, you know, taxing the rich so that we can, uh, you yeah. know, boost up education in this country, you know, for the youth, then I'm all for that. I can but my thing, my thing is this, like, I realize like education should be free and all that stuff. But even in California, we have all these companies here making trillions and trillions of dollars, but at the same time, a lot of colleges in California, you still have to take out loans and pay for it. Like, they haven't, like, California's a testing ground. Every, any Democratic Party wants to pull in, like, a policy, we should test it on California. And so far, we haven't seen them really use tech money to really help with education services for people that don't have, you know, the means to provide it. Like, I don't, I didn't, I haven't seen a bill for, like, Democrats in California pass a bill for making college more affordable using, using money from companies and stuff like that which they should, probably should be doing this whole entire time and you have a great point because a lot of these tech companies are you know, they're making trillions <laughs> I, I know but they are aligned a lot of them are aligned with like these newer tech companies are aligned with the democratic party so if they're not you know if, they, if they're getting tax breaks because you know because of, of their you know their political um, preference then that's a problem too and they're just doing the same thing as republicans are doing. yeah they're just doing the same thing it just, it's just a different way I remember um we talked about Elon Elon Musk saying that he's gonna uh, sue California or whatever, or he he's not he's he, he already sent his workers back to work, but I don't know if he's, if he's mandatory testing them. I don't know what he's doing, but um. Right, I just saw he was on the Joe Rogan podcast about like uh, he doesn't think the virus is as like as uh, fatal as people as like the CDC or the World Health Organization is reporting. Right. So he's like upset about that, like, how people are saying that it's, like, oh, it's really, really fatal, but it's not as fatal as people are right. suggesting it is, but I don't, I mean, that's his opinion. I, like I said, I don't really have an opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I i do not know who to vote for. I don't know. I might not even do it, because I didn't go last time. I'll be honest, I was, like, I was like, I'm not doing this, but, I mean, I gotta exercise my option to vote, because that's a, I definitely, a lot of people can't do it, so I'm gonna try to vote this this, uh, yeah, this I, I definitely think it's a, I definitely think it's important to vote, especially if you if you're gonna live in the United States. You might as well. Like yeah. I voted in, in the local elections like two years ago, like 
first the state superintendent sorry, state superintendents on education and just like it was like the local California elections. But I'm trying to I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't know I don't know who to go for. If, if they bring back some some of the Democratic candidates like people like Andrew Yang or something, or I mean I don't I don't Kamala was yeah, but Andrew uh, Yang he, uh, he endorses Joe Biden. Well, I mean, of course, they all did. Yeah, all right, like, <laughs> even the thing about Obama did it the last minute, though. Obama wasn't like for Joe Biden from day one. Like, didn't he just endorse him like a month ago? From what I've heard, I'm, I could be wrong. That might, have been, that might have been for dramatic effect, does he? That's his, yeah. that was the, that was that was his president. Yeah. Yeah. Just Sure. Yeah, I don't think, like, he already had an Obama endorsement, like, <laughs> by being his vice president, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. So, uh, just to pivot from political to kind of like, uh, well, it's still, it's still a political issue, but um, what do you guys, I know we, uh, me and Mike talked about it last week, but what do you guys think about, you know, police interactions with minority youth, especially when we're, we're going to talk about the case of Ahmad Audrey? Obviously, that wasn't with the police officer, but uh, what do you guys think in general about, do you think police are more tough on minority youth, especially black, uh, black uh, like us black, young black men? Um, what do you guys think should be solutions to that stuff as well, like to, solutions to those interactions and making them more positive instead of like negative interactions, which usually result in like either death or incarceration? We need like our own police force, like a separate police force like they have in New York, like Asian communities have their own separate. Uh, really? Communities have their own separate police force. Yes. Damn. That's, that's separate from the NYPD. That yeah. Police their own communities. I mean, a separate force. Like, are they an official recognized force, or is it just like kind of neighborhood watch groups, for lack of a better term? I know that they're armed. I know that they're allowed to be armed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that would be a great solution. You know. Um, the biggest thing about cops going into neighborhoods they've never been in before, they're already going in with like a perception of fear and a certain perception of the people that they don't fully understand. And, well, you know, historically, you know, like the, the, the police started out as slave catchers. It's like just historically, just like through just like through history, like that's 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 the, the legacy that the police force has is that they were responsible for collecting people's property right. and, and returning it to them. Oh, that's true. Actually, now you mentioned that. Like, that makes sense. That police are respons- responsible and then slaves are considered property. So whatever the property left, or they would have to be you know, responsible for tracking it down or helping right. the owners track it down or something like that and help them hunt it. Right. Damn, that's kind of t- tough. I-, I always felt, not even going back that, like all the way back there, I always felt like some of the police were, especially in some like old towns, like in the south or midwest i always felt it was kind of shady because i heard a lot of i mean in history class i heard a lot of the um the white supremacist groups that formed in the late um or in the 1800s in the late 1800s were actually police people like that's why they had access to like guns or firebombs whatever because they're actually secretly undercover police cops like police chiefs police executive uh, police sheriffs would be doing it, so, so a lot of the crimes would go unsolved because it was the freaking sheriff doing the crime. Right. So, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely like a bloody, it's like a weird history uh, with the police, and I don't think it, I don't, it, it just, it just keeps like, I feel like it keeps morphing into something different, like, before it was, 
you know, vigilante groups, you know, and then so before it was like hunting slaves, and then it turned into vigilante groups, and then later on, I mean, the Klan lasted, like, I mean, it's still, it's still on, it still, like, exists today, but now it turned into something different, like, now, when there's segregation, now they're enforcing segregation, and then after segregation, now it was, the a drugs exploded into the neighborhoods, and now they're responsible for, you know, a lot of things involving, uh, you know, crime and policing youth, uh, suspecting them of having drugs, so it just kept morphing into two different things, and it's still, like, I feel like it's still morphs, it's still, you know, it, it just keeps morphing into, like, a different aspect, I think, but, I mean, yeah, network, it's, it's, it's a system where you, if you have money, you could beat, you could beat a lot of things, and so, I mean, uh, at, at this point, it's, it's not, I mean, like, it started as, like, a, a race thing, but now it's, I feel like it's more of a socioeconomic thing, sure. where if you just, if you have, it, the system is set up where if you have money, you can pay for get lawyers, pay for uh, you know you can you can you know post bail and things like that. Like you, you you're more likely to be the case. True. Like I, I always look at this uh, celebrities. Like I'm thinking, I'm just thought of just Kobe last time. And all respect, RIP Kobe. But I don't I don't think he would have been in that case. If it was just a regular dude with with money, or even with, if it was just a college player with no money. Like, I don't think he would have been in the case if he wasn't rich. I mean, yeah, he had great representation, you know? Like, OJ, like, OJ had the top five amazing lawyers in the country. Like, those are the top five lawyers you could, could have had at any moment in time. Like, he right. wouldn't have been in that case if he couldn't afford those lawyers. And he had, yeah, he had the money for it. He had the money for and it. And he was already famous, so... He like, was already yeah. famous, so... That, he, that elevates your status. But if you're, like, a regular person and you get accused of, like, rape or something like that, then you're kind of done. Like, there's, like, a lot of... I've heard of a couple, like, college players or, like, people that were supposed to go pro get accused of, like, some rape by, either, like, and then they just had to sit in jail for, like, 14 years or 10 years, and then their careers are over, obviously, when they come out, and they have really nothing to work for. So, right. it's all about, like, connections, and you're right, it's all about connections and money, and especially if you're, if you have a lot of money, you can live in a, in a nice neighborhood, and you don't have to, like, be profiled. Right, and, and it's, it's really, yeah, like, not just connections to money, like, money is, like, is a concept, but, like, you know, it's, it's just, like, connections in general, just, like, the relationships you have, like, it took a long time for them to even arrest the people who killed Ahmad Arbery because uh, the guy that was in the in the flatbed of the pickup truck was the district attorney, uh, was, like, we worked for the district attorney's office, like, yeah. the officer in the district attorney's office, so they... They could. They. They. A lot of DAs have to recuse themselves because they were. They knew the dude. Oh man. And that's why it took so long for them to even. I mean, they had to. They, the video had to come out for them to yeah. even consider it. But if Ahmad Abi was like a, a NBA player, like those two, two people would have been already sitting in jail from day two of the crime. Right. Right. Got the money. I mean, not if he. I mean, if he was an NBA player and then like yeah, like his his family members knew what they were doing, then yeah. It would have been a totally different situation. Yeah, I mean, the situation would have blown up way prior to the, you know, the two months. Like, it just right. would have been national news, like, the next day. You know, TMZ would right. have reported it, and fucking, <laughs> it would have been that way. Like, they had all that evidence immediately. Mm -hmm. Right after it happened. Yeah. Probably would have came out a lot earlier. That's true. I think there are studies that show, like, people, the police and stuff, they view, um... And that's just going back, because I remember talking with Mike about a lot of videos that were coming out on social media about how police were interacting with black youth. And I think that there are, like, I remember one, watching one video of some white woman uh, calling uh, police on just a couple of teenagers having fun playing in the, in the pool 
and like when the police officer goes to detain one of the girls, like he has his her his knee in her back, and he's like literally forcibly, you know, wrestling with her hands, but she wasn't really doing anything. She's like a fourteen year old girl, and he's like a middle aged, you know, dude. He's pretty big and stuff like that. Like, why are you interacting with youth like that? Very tough. And it turns out they actually view like black people as being like at least two and a half times older than they're really. No, I mean, sorry, they, they view black people as being older than they really are about, like, almost five years later. So, like, they'll probably view, like, a 14-year-old as a 19-year-old or something like that, or a 19-year-old as a as a fully grown, like, 23-year-old. So, yeah. a lot of times when they view, like, minority, it's like, especially black people, they view them as the oldest one, even though, like, they look like they're pretty much kids. Right, man. It's just, it's just they don't still understand. Like, we need, we need to have, in my opinion, our own police force that has a, a different legacy than the one that they have, like a legacy of actually protecting our best interests. Their yeah. legacy of protecting their best interests. That's what they're always going to be about. That's what they, that's what they stand on. That's, 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 their, that's their principles at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I know they... Oh, yeah, cool. They to protect their commerce, to protect their economy. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I'm all for um, the police force, but, like, how do we go about getting there? Um... Is it about just recognition of that and, and within our own communities first? Um, it's, it's, it, it would have to be something that we set up on our own. Um, you know, no one's going to set uh, set it up for us, you know. Nope. No, no one's going to set it up for us. I mean, there's obviously examples of it. Like there's, like I was saying, examples of how Jewish communities do it. How uh, I mean, a lot of these white communities have their own militias. Yeah, that's the thing. That's <laughs> in a lot of these communities, they have their own militias that they can call to arms everything they feel like they need to. Just understanding what your rights are wherever you live. You know, like you saw uh, when they did eventually arrest Ahmad Ar uh, Ahmad Arbery's killers. Uh, the Black Panthers showed up and were policing the situation with their uh, assault rifles. Black Panthers in Georgia. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. And nobody, and that, nobody did a thing like about nobody it. Nobody did so. nothing because they were because they were within their rights. So you just gotta know it. You just gotta know the law. You just gotta you know associate with yourself with people who do know what they're talking about and and do have your best interest in mind. Like that's that's just bottom line. It's just like they're not gonna promote these groups like the Black Black Panthers. So you're not gonna know what they're doing, and they, and they're not gonna promote it as well because they don't want. You know, people infiltrating because that's what broke them down in the first place. Is they had FBI agents, um, you know, doing espionage and, and that's true. Oh, and give out give out locations of where they were and stuff like that, so they right. can take down movies. That's crazy. It's a sticky situation, but you know, like it's that's 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 how I gotta go. Like you just gotta, yeah, like maybe not look to someone else and just like we have the internet, like we have uh, information, you know, via that. So like find out what you can and associate yourself with people who have your best interest in mind and, and know it and know what they're talking about and will protect you. You know that's really what it's about. I think it's a good idea actually because if Ahmad Aubrey got into that situation before, what would have been a great solution to call up that civil defense force and then and be like they'll go investigating and knocking on the door, knocking on the doors of people's houses and and seeing like what yeah, yeah what's going on like why are you why are you bothering this kid? That that would have been really useful. In Florida, especially with the uh, the Trayvon Martin situation, because George Zimmerman was kind of running free for a while, and then right, exactly. It's like what, like what, like what's like what are you what are you doing within your rights? Like let's let's try to figure out this situation to a, a point of respect, because they're not gonna come up there, lacking. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, not gonna come yeah. up there like 
oh yeah, we, we're unarmed or whatever. Like, no, we have our arms within our rights, and we're, we're coming in like that's the situation. A lot of people don't believe. I mean, like, I feel like all right, we'll just uh blank that out. Sorry, I'll ask him something. Um, so I looked it up. I mean, there are there are like there is a a way to organize uh, a recognized militia organization. Like I heard there was a story about the Oregon um, the Oregon civil the Oregon militias there. I think they were like protesting or something, and they all organized and got their guns and they started like marching and stuff like that. And yeah, they took like, over a government building. Yeah, they took over a government building. But you see, here's the thing. I me and Mike were talking about last week is that how sometimes police can be tougher on minority especially when it comes to gun ownership, because a lot of times, like, white people can protest, and they can yell out, and they could, t- like, they're, a lot of them were protesting the stay-at-home order, and they're protesting in droves in Southern California on the beaches and stuff like that, but when it came to, like, John Crawford or whatever, and who, John Crawford III, I think his name, and he was in Walmart, and he, had, he just was holding a toy gun, and he got shot down, so a lot of times, it's like, the fear of, I think what drives a lot of uh, us as far away from gun ownership is like the fear of being put down immediately when seen holding a gun. I think it's like a fear of like, oh, I don't want them to see me look intimidating type thing. Even though like... Yeah, people, people are afraid of looking intimidating. Yeah, so they internalize it because if, if you're if they're willing to get shot just for holding a toy gun, right? Why people don't have that luxury? They, they always can have... I mean, they always have... They can always take advantage of open carry laws and walk around with holst- pistols on the holsters and stuff like that because don't have the fear of being immediately shot down for having a gun but one i think one thing that's is is hurting you know is not sorry one thing that's stopping the militias from forming is the do not not wanting to be a perceived threat because of the history of if you are perceived that you get immediately shot and put down so like i'm not trying to die just for holding the gun so i'm not going to own one in the first place even though especially at this point in america it's, it's probably in your best interest to be to have a gun, just to, just to even like flash it to be like, hey, don't mess with me, and then everyone will just back off. Man, it's 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 interesting that you say that, man, because it's like, well, all right, so it's in my best interest to have a gun, but I'm afraid of having a gun because of what may happen. Exactly. So, so it's like, what do you? So what are you afraid of? Just like, what if, are you more afraid of? Like that's that that's, that gotta be your question. That was what are you what are you more afraid of? Mm, that's true. Um, I, I think personally, I'd be more afraid of getting shot by the police, um, even while exercising my right. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, right? You know, I mean, I'm you know, I'm 26 years old. I've made it this far without needing the gun, <laughs> so you know, right. um, like I'd rather take my chances with that than with the police. <laughs> right, and a lot of these groups, man, are very like uncivil. Like it's not, it's not just. It, they, and they're allowed to be uncivil, right, because they're white, and so they're, they're given more leniency. So we, we just got to understand the law, I think, man. If we're going to, if you're going to participate in something like that, you got to, like, understand what you're right, what, what you are in the right to do. And what mm-hmm. is, and then just understand the situation that you're in, like, the, the, the climate of where you live and, and how, and how people may react to what you do. Sure. Now, now, I think nowadays, I think what also hurt um, the the, Pan- the Black Panther Party because that was a really great program, and it's all the infiltration. But also, it was it was a lot of the. Um, I think I read about I, I read about it like uh, some years ago. 
uh, a lot of the infighting. Like, if you're going to have an organized militia, everyone has to be united on one stand. Because if you have guns and you're infighting, then you can form into your own separate, separate groups. And then you just end up, be, like, forming different, you know, I'm this militia of this neighborhood, that militia of that neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, now there's infighting between groups. You got guns, and then it just contributes to violence in, like, your neighborhood. Like, it has to be, okay, we all have one goal as an organized militia to serve and protect and there has to be a common like ground between everybody and like everyone has to get along too i think yeah no, i think i think our own police force would be like yeah i mean like, it, it'd be it'd be filled with people that understand the neighborhood understand the neighborhood yeah. dynamics like yeah they would know how to de-escalate situations a lot better uh, yeah. Than a police officer from fucking um, I don't know some suburb. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's true. But I I feel like I feel like maybe police officers should go through more. Just speaking of t- in terms of like the neighborhood, I think I think pe- police officers should go through more community based training, like uh, during the academy. So like instead of I know they still do stuff in the community, but like maybe. And and enforce it more, and then have a community leader like sign off on them and like vouch for them, and get like some sponsorship from community leader before they start being a police officer. So, like maybe that would help them become more integrated in the in, in the places they are they are serving. I don't know. Like maybe if they they had if they had like a rigid program that police officers had to pass within the community they serve, then they probably would be more invested in in um, protecting that community and not having preconceived bias. Right, man, yeah, like, you definitely want, I mean, and, like, I, ha- I know people who are, like, who, like, grow up in, like, um, you know, in, in rough neighborhoods, like, Hunters Point, and, like, they're, Know, either a police officer now or considering to be a police officer. So, like, it, those things, like, do exist where you're, like, you'll have people from, like, those neighborhoods who understand, you know, what's going on in those neighborhoods and can relate, you know, and want to make a difference, you know, be a part of the police force. Like, that is happening. But I just feel like, you know, because, you know, you're, the chief is going to be this kind of person who has these kind of beliefs. And, you know, the, the person on top of that, like, you're just one person. And you're you're working for this entity that historically is not going to is not designed to protect you or your people's best interests or like are designed to serve you know the purpose that you join the police force for. So like if we had our own, if we had those types of people in like a separate police force that was right. that was you know basically doing the same things but really getting involved in the community and helping and making it a better place. Like I think that would be. That would be really uh, powerful. Yeah, I think that's a good solution. Just holding people more accountable, having your right. own militia. Yeah, I mean, like ever since like the the fallout of the Black Panther Party, I feel like organized militias were like I I I, I I've heard of those. Like I heard of black organized militias in the South. Like after uh, Reconstruct, like, when the when the Ku Klux Klan started coming about, there is there were I I heard there were like some type of black militia. Uh, sex forming like a neighborhood, like because the, the neighborhoods were divided regardless, they were already oh, that's, segregated. That's what, that's what sets are. 
now. Jadozi, they turn those into sets. It's hard. It's hard. It's like we have them, but they're gang. They turn into gangs, yeah. Yeah. Just all. I just feel like they, they, those can come back, but yeah, they did turn to gangs, and then money got involved and yeah, so it, all the stuff like it's that. Gonna, it's it's going to be hard, man. They make too much money selling drugs for them to not do that anymore. True, and then they start fighting. Because I'm like, sometimes some some of these incidents that happen in the Bay Area or in LA, I'm thinking like all these people, all these gangs that have all these guns and money, they can literally put a stop to this and hold people accountable for the stuff that happens. Especially like if a if someone's, you know, calling the police on a group of black people having a barbecue, if someone's, like, racially profiling. I was, like, I was like looking the other day. There was, like, a whole bunch of, like, groups, white supremacist groups in California. And I'm, like, well, we have all these gangs. We have all these, like, people. Like, why aren't they invested in, like, not hurting each other and working on these white supremacist groups and, like, really making sure they put them in check so, like, they don't, like, affect, you know people in the community so i was like i was thinking other day, like i was thinking i was thinking like years years ago because I, I saw on social media when all this stuff cars started coming to the forefront about white supremacy and like, white supremacist groups and i was thinking like yo there's there's a lot of incidents happening in the bay area but we have a lot of we do have uh, we, we do have a lot of like people with guns we have people that can protect us but like i don't i feel like they're they're so busy fighting amongst themselves, competing, that they don't really see, like, a lot of the danger around. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's a lot of competition in between. It doesn't need to be a competition, though. It really doesn't. I mean, that's what capitalism is, man. That's true. That is definitely true. Like, when money got involved, and drugs got involved, and everyone's, like, walking... I can rise above this and do this on my own, but I mean, I, I feel like going back to organized militias. I feel like maybe this incident will help us go back to having some type of organization, or, organized structure, and like maybe in other neighborhoods, like maybe uh, they you know can. What? You know what this black militia needs though is funding. That's where it all comes down. That's where it all boils down to. I see the, I see the point you're trying to make. Yeah, if, if there's, like, some centralized funding, like, maybe some someone has the economic means of funding them, maybe gets people in the get some formal training, like a SEAL, Navy SEAL officer was like, you know what, I'll train you guys. Well, I'll have some training, and you'll have some certification. Like, just put a structure to what they're doing. Then it'd probably be, be better than just having guns and saying, we're going to protect the neighborhood and, like, make it, like, a actually rigid structure where there's, like, some training, some, some, some like, um, they have to pass through a set of requirements to be certified militias, and so people are more invested in it because they're not like, oh, I got to work on doing this. I'm invested, and then they could be recognized as an official state. Um, they get like, because you can, I think, as a militia, you can be recognized as like by the state as like an actual licensed uh, militia organization. So people will actually question your legitimacy. So like, just try to, just try to pepper that, like, make it look pretty. And present it, and then I feel like people will move more invested. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, we have the black celebrities that probably have the capital to, to get <laughs> that kind of thing started. Uh, we got, yeah. you know, Jay Z, Diddy, they, yeah, they'd be the ones that would that would have to do it to put something like that together. Got at our current meetings. Nah, I don't think so. 
You know, you don't think it would take that much capital? No, I mean, it would take a lot of capital, but it, I don't think you would need somebody like a Jay-Z or a Diddy. I mean, you can have somebody like them, like, help support it, but they can't be, like, the sole... Proprietor? Uh, I don't even know what proprietor means, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> the, the only person, like, involved, like, it has to be the whole community. Like, no, no, no. I, I definitely, I definitely get that, but it would have to be someone with as much notoriety as them to kind of bring the community together and endorse it. Yeah, and I'm not saying it has to be those two. I'm just saying someone, uh, a black, a successful black person of their caliber, that would have to like bring bring the neighborhoods together. Yeah, you know what's crazy though is like, what if like, boom, like. They decide to make that move, and then like some white person that they work with is like, "Oh, I feel threatened by that move. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work with you anymore." Yeah, true. True. All of a sudden, all their other investments, yeah. Damn, man, yeah, that's not, tough. You're not, you're not getting this advertising. Like Apple's like, "Hey, well, we're not giving you that advertising no more, did we?" Yeah. True. That's true. Like, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of, because a lot of the celebrities have. You know these endorsements that factor in them being good, good like you know like clean cut. Actually, like having the money and, and being and being celebrities. Yeah. True, that's true. Yeah, this is where yeah. I feel like most celebrities are relying on their endorsement money because they're not torn to do anything. So to keep the income rolling in, like I, I've been looking, I've been like some celebrities on Instagram, like they they have a lot of commercials on the Instagram now. I know, like. uh there, there a lot of I see a lot of promotional stuff on uh, like some of these celebrities Instagram obviously because there's there's not any touring there's no there's no tours there's no uh, television show appearances or movies being promoted right now so I feel like endorsement money is like a big part right now for them right well then like Kaepernick then <laughs> I mean Kaepernick is yeah shoot him too like. He could do it. I, I don't know, but he hasn't been playing. He hasn't been like I, I don't know who's been paying him, but I, I don't I don't know how much he has to give. But that'd be amazing if he can do that. Like then he could sponsor that type of thing. Yeah, it would have to be somebody who like like you can't be like somebody like Jordan or Oprah or something. Someone with like real money that you can't really. I, yeah, I'll be happy if Jordan does it. Yeah. I'm just saying, even if even if Jordan did something like that, no one would stop buying Jordan. That's true. Yeah. Or even if even if Oprah did something like that, no one would stop watching the little shows. True. I feel like Oprah. I feel like Michael Jordan has the biggest political voice because no one's gonna stop buying his product. So it doesn't matter what's gonna happen. Like who's who's gonna stop buying Jordans because Michael Jordan did something first. Uh, I mean, he's a powerful dude. But yeah, it gotta be somebody like that. You gotta feel it's like somebody who's just like bigger than like, yeah. Jay Z might be on that level. Like, True. Yeah, Jay Z could be on that level. Yeah, that's why. That's why I mentioned him. Like, I I feel like he's pretty. If if he's not there yet, he's close. But yes. like. It is true that, like, a lot of his money probably depends on his business partners. And if his business partners are uneasy with the move, then, like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a part... He's a, is he a minority owner in the NFL now, or no? Or some NFL team? 
something like that. I don't know what the deal was. You Nothing made really deal. came out of it. I don't know. Like people who watch the NFL, I'm sure a lot of them is in malicious. Yeah, there is some weird relationship with that those people in the NFL like it's not as bad as the NBA it's, it's not as as the same as the NBA the NBA is a little bit different but I, I noticed that the NFL fan base is a little I don't know it's a little yeah, no, it's majority like it's more white people in the NFL fan base I think the NBA I would say, like, even though, like, it's an, int- that both of them are the majority black sports, I would think that more white people watch football than they do basketball. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like basketball has, and more, like those country white people too, like, yeah, <laughs> they love them I, from I, football. <laughs> yeah, like rural or South America, I think football is a huge part of life. Like going to the local high school college football game or community college, because I remember watching this documentary called um, Last Chance, talking about like. That follows a lot of football players. Like they go to D one programs, and they some they they can't they don't have their shit together, so they have to go to community college. And a lot of the games at the community college have like these huge prep bands, pet bands, and like people are, like from the town all go to the freaking community college game on Friday. Like it's a huge deal around the town. And I'm thinking like, yo, no one goes to the Foothill College community college game that's 20 minutes away. Like I don't even hear about it. Like, but in those areas, I mean, there's not a lot of going on, so football is just what they what they love. Oh, yeah, in the South, like, college football is everything. Bro, like, here, it's just like, and I feel like on the West Coast, it's kind of the same, but, like, we're just more of a, I feel like the West Coast is more of a basketball hub. Like, we just like to hoop and watch basketball. And I, I don't know. I, I think we, we might be that might be coming from the fact that, like, our fucking school didn't have a football team. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, like, true. <laughs> if, if, we, if we had a football team, I'm pretty sure we'd feel differently, just, like, about the effect of college football. Yeah. Because, like, you can just fill up, like, their stadiums are just so much bigger than you yeah. can fit in, like, a basketball arena. So, like, the people there, like, how everyone gets fucking drunk as shit and <laughs> just drinking beer going crazy. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, it's like a whole other like aspect of like college that we kind of missed out on, but um. yeah, yeah, I feel like that too. Like we, I didn't really go to a lot of college uh, games, like in sports in general. I went to a couple of basketball games, but I think like having the football, uh, having like a big old arena for football would definitely like made everyone more excited, like and brought out that spirit. I think even around the Santa Clara town, I feel like a lot of people would have just went there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people would have went there. They just would have watched football just to watch people run into each other. It's an entertaining yeah. sport to watch, for sure. True. But uh, basketball has just been... It's been more... I think it's been more of a global game. Like, everyone around the world just want Like, it's increasing more and more. Like, even our NBA stars, are, they're not even born in America. Like, they're born somewhere else. Because it's just, like, everyone wants to be like Jordan. Like, he just made that sport so popper globally around the world so like our fan base is way more diverse i think than football it's it just well i mean yeah uh not only that but like you got to be a certain type of dude to play football like only certain type of people play football yeah it's true like anybody anybody can play basketball and be effective true but you gotta like really not care about getting hit on the head millions of times in the game just, just to... right you gotta be a certain type of person <laughs> that person, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I was that person. I tried football for one year and I was like, nope. <laughs> oh, 
try it. Yeah, I, I didn't even try it. <laughs> like, fuck that. <laughs> I wanted to play, but I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so far that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what we've got going on. Um, it's been great getting to speak with you, Brandon, and getting your insight and view on things. I I wish you can come back more. I'm I'm we're hoping you can come back more. Um, and you'll be down to like talk about a lot of uh, these topics with us because it's been great getting your insight, and we can discuss more possible solutions and like just have fun. Oh yeah, man, this is this is a great uh, show. I appreciate you all uh, having me on. Uh, yeah, I definitely like coming back uh, again to talk you know, more about hopefully sports. You know, if they come back, I heard the NBA might come back soon. They might do like a something where they're only uh, going to play in Orlando, but that would be cool, and, you know, talk about sports or something, you know, because a lot of this other stuff is crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, I want, <laughs> I want something to distract me from all this bullshit that's going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that's probably the worst thing about this, is there's nothing to distract <laughs> us from the both of all the fucking crazy shit, like, <laughs> it's like front and center. <laughs> anyway, man. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Brandon, for coming on. Next time around, we might talk about some more positive, uh, positive topics. Maybe we'll chop <laughs> it up, re- recap some of the old college days. Oh yeah, man, that'll be lit. That'll be lit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we got stories. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Bye, right, man. You guys stay up. All right, man. I'll catch y'all later. Be good. Peace.